and welcome to the Heavy Pages podcast, a safe space for women struggling with an unexpected and unwanted separation or divorce. I'm Josie, your host, and I too have been where you are. It was a crushing time in my life, and to help me cope, I kept a journal. In this podcast, I cracked that journal open to share with you those raw, emotional, and sometimes pretty embarrassing entries. I take you with me on a deep dive, analyzing my thoughts and feelings now that I have some perspective. My mission is to share with you some of the pitfalls that extended my journey to healing and to offer support, validation, tips, and tools to help you push past the heavy pages of your own journey. Hello and welcome back to another episode, another journal entry episode. And I have a feeling by how heavy this is that it's going to be a bit of a doozy this week. In fact, also by looking at the date, I have an idea that it's going to be a little bit um, interesting. So how about we just get right into it? This is going to be for Monday, October 25th. I'm feeling really pissed off at Guy right now. He did not do anything, but when I come up on roadblocks like I am now about moving to my new place, I get pissed off at him. I have been doing pretty good in the not getting mad department. Maybe it is because it would have been our eight year anniversary tomorrow. But when things go bad, I have a default mode that is to blame Guy. Does it work? Who the hell cares? A letter to Guy. I just wanted to let you know that I do not need that letter from you anymore. The plans to move by January are just not working out for me, so I'm going to have to wait no matter how much I hate it and don't want to. That's all you really need to know, so you can stop reading here. The rest of this is me venting and bitching and blaming you, or maybe more to the point, resenting you and how easy all of this shit was for you and wondering why the fuck it needs to be a struggle for me. Every fucking step of the way. I want to scream my lungs out about how unfair this has all been. I have been doing so well, but man, this is just so unfair. Why do I have to go through this at age 31? Why can't it be harder for you and easier for me? You left me. You left me and I just keep getting more screwed and more screwed. I know you have not done anything wrong lately, but I have to blame someone. There has to be a reason for all this bullshit. I have to explain it somehow or I will just go fucking nuts. When is it going to be easy for me? Haven't I paid my dues? I'm just so mad, so tired. I just want my own place. Why is that too much to ask? I was able to get my own apartment before. When we first met, I got it in my name. Well, with a roommate. I had good credit. I had a job. How did my life get so fucked up? Where did I go wrong? The only place I can see I did was getting involved with you. Marrying you. Trusting you. Sacrificing for you. When I tell the therapist that my credit is fucked and a big part of that is because since I did not work, it made better sense for our family if we made you and your credit the priority. Mine was back burner. We got to it only after yours was handled. It was waiting for extra money to be dealt with. And when we never had extra money, it was never dealt with. So 
That leaves me with fucked up credit to add to all the other shit. And you know what? He told me he said that that was a form of abuse. And I laughed because you know what? It was. But I was abusing myself. God, you seem to think that I did not care for you and that you were not considered. God, I am amazed that you could even think that because every day it was more and more clear that I considered you way too much. I considered you more than I considered myself. I valued you more than I valued myself. I am so mad that you did not see that, that in the end you were so selfish that you could not see that and that I did not see sooner that you were not worth it. Why couldn't you have been worth it? I know that you ease your conscience with, well, I did not love her anymore, so it's cool for me to leave her and my son, and maybe that helps you sleep at night, but I see you as a fucking coward, and you are a fucking coward, and I hate you. I hate you for fucking up my life, for bullshitting your way into my life, for using me when you were lonely and needing love, and for taking away precious years that I could have been with someone that knew how to value me and my son. Someone who understood what love was. Someone that would not run away when things got hard. I hate you for keeping me away from a man and making me waste years on a boy. A pathetic, immature, fucked up boy that was, after all, beneath me. Who did not deserve a second look, much less my body, my heart, or my soul. I hate you. I fucking hate you. Wow, you know, I always get surprised when I get emotional reading these, reading these journal entries. That was rough. That was a rough one. I actually went into it thinking that it was a a, a different issue than the issue that it turned out to be. So I was not prepared. (laughs) That was a lot of self-reflecting. That was a lot of recognizing And reminding myself today, again, how much I did, you know, how much I did for him, how little I did for myself, how much I lost myself, how little I valued myself. I think I'm upset for her. I'm upset that I'm reminded that I let it happen, I guess. Um, wow. Okay, so let me explain what's going on. The problem was that I wanted to move out, but obviously, as stated, I didn't have good credit and I wasn't bringing in any money. I think I didn't have a job yet, so I don't exactly know how I was thinking that I was going to get into an apartment because I don't think I was working. I had child support, but that was it. And because I had bad credit, I remember that I had to ask him I had to ask him to co-sign for me because he had the better credit, the good credit, the credit that we spent years uh, keeping afloat. And he actually had to think about it and, and was almost um, bothered by me asking him to help co-sign for an apartment so that his son and I could go have our own place to live. I felt... Um, I don't want to say embarrassed, but I've already felt 
bad having to ask him for the help. I wanted to survive without him. And having him as the co-signer to my apartment was going to include an attachment that I didn't really want to happen. But I had no choice because I wanted to be out on my own. But he needed to think about it. And I understand why I wrote that letter and why I felt that way. Because to have done all he had done to me the way I felt, and then to, to, to even to be where he was because of all my freaking sacrifices, because of everything that I did for him to make sure that he, because, oh goodness, I'm rambling because I'm so upset and frustrated about this still, but I was the one who handled the budgeting. I was the one who handled the money. We were always fighting about money because he was an overspender. He loved his electronics. He loves his things. He was always overspending. And so I was always juggling the finances. And I always felt guilty and like shit about juggling the finances because anytime I had to deny him something, I felt like shit because I wasn't the one that worked. He's the one that won. He's the one that worked. So he's the one that works, but I'm sitting here telling him that he can't buy shit, you know, and I already felt super, um, low self-esteem because I didn't bring in money. And then I wanted to make sure that because he brought in the money and he was the man of the house, that his credit was great. And I had debts and things that I occurred with him in the beginning of the marriage, because in the beginning, I was the one who worked. He had a little tiny job and my job paid for many things and took care of things. Not before we got married, but when we first got together, and debts a pile, and then those debts and those things were not touched for years. Okay, my student loans that I got before I met him, the entire eight to 10 years that we were together were not touched, but his were all paid off because I made sure that his were paid off. Mine kept getting deferred, deferred. They were there in the beginning of my marriage. They were there at the end of the my marriage. And I don't need to tell you guys how credit works because uh, all of those years they were deferred or barely paid so that he could have his good credit. And then it comes back to bite me in the fucking ass because then I need to get an apartment and I have no credit. And then I have to go ask him to help me and he has to think about it because he doesn't want to mess up his credit. It was mind-blowing. It was I don't want to use the term heartbreaking, but it was infuriating, so infuriating that he had the balls to say that to me and that I had nobody to blame about it but myself. It was, I mean, really, I just can't explain it. I can only explain it by you seeing how my, I react to it still. It's just, you know, thankfully... In the end, I was able to get my own apartment without his signature. It was done on my own. I did it on my own. And thank you, God. Thank you that it worked out that way because as much as it hurt me, I did not want another connection to him like that. I ended up staying in that apartment for years, probably three years. And I didn't want it to be his co-signed apartment for three years. I didn't want to still be attached to him like that. So... I guess it worked out. So let's talk about the letter. <laughs> the letter. 
I, I don't think I sent that letter. I think that I had learned enough in therapy to know that I wasn't, it wasn't going to be a good idea to send that letter. Plus I did mention that it was one day before our anniversary. It would be the first anniversary we didn't really celebrate because we were broken up. And I probably felt like the timing would be really shitty to send that. And maybe he would, you know, be a man and read into it and be like, oh, this is all because it's our anniversary tomorrow and not understand the legitimate reasons that I felt the way I felt. But also it wasn't going to change anything. We were done. We were over. Maybe it would have guilted him into signing as a co-signer, or maybe it would have just been another, this is why I divorced you because, or this is why I wanted to break up with you because you're just, you know, an unhinged psycho. It could have went either way. So I, 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 I guess we won't find out until the next episode if there is uh, any conversation about this letter, but I, I feel comfortable saying that I probably didn't send it, especially because it was really vicious. It was a vicious letter, but it was so um, on point about how I felt and about, you know, nobody's perfect. I get nobody's perfect. But man, to say that I didn't do things for him, to say that I didn't consider him, to say that I didn't value him, I, I don't know what perception, what he expected, what he saw as value. And what I saw as value, and clearly they did not align because I lost myself to him. I lost all of my value to him. So I, I guess I, I'll just never understand where that thought process came from. I also find it interesting that my intro to the letter is me talking about how he technically didn't do anything, but when things get tough, I get really, I go into blame him mode, which I, I feel is a probably, maybe not healthy, but appropriate way to feel when my you know life is in shambles and I'm rebuilding and I'm only having to rebuild because he decided that he wanted to end our marriage. And so that in the previous episodes, we were talking about, you know, we were in a good place. We were friendly with each other. We weren't, you know, being hateful or mad or I had gone to another phase, but I say it all the time. This is a roller coaster. One day you feel good. And then something you have to confront reminds you about how much you have to, uh, you know, what's changed and, and that you are redoing things at 31, which geez, I'd love to be 31 again. <laughs> um, at 31 that you didn't think you had to, because you started doing all this stuff, all this back at, you know, 22. So why is it that at 31, I'm having to rebuild my life and 31 is super young. Obviously I've had a whole nother life since then. So, but you don't think that, you know, I remember in 30, 50 was old. And let me tell you, 50 ain't old. Because if it is, I'm getting to be in trouble very soon. But anyway, my point is that um, I thought that that was kind of funny that I was saying that I'm trying not to go into default mode of blaming guy, but it doesn't work. So, wow, that was pretty emotional. I, I, 
I don't know what to say besides I impress myself with the clarity of that letter, but it also hurts me to hear it. And it's it's sad for me now to hear how clear I was and how I recognized all the damage that was done and and all of the incorrect things that were, in my opinion, used to break up our marriage on his part when I know that I did so much, that I put myself so so low for him. And the sad thing is, it's that there's still a whole bunch of journal entries to go. So even though I said it so clearly there, it still hadn't entered into my system 100%. I still didn't get it. And, you know, that's part of the process. I'm not going to beat myself up about it now. I definitely get it now. And I definitely have learned to make sure that I don't do that for anybody else in the future. And I can still have a good relationship with somebody else. I have a good relationship with my current partner. I just know and I'm very clear about my boundaries and I'm never going to put him before me. I give him the respect that he deserves. I make sure that we are both growing and, and um, progressing in life. But if it comes to a, you know, if not putting him first, but putting him before me. If I need to put him first for something, I will. But if I, if it's a choice between it's going to benefit him, but it's going to hurt me in some way, I won't do it. I'm not going to do that again. It's a slippery slope. And um, I don't believe that that has to happen to be in a healthy relationship. So I won't do it. And if that means that the relationship ends, then it ends, but I still stay firm to who I am. And this whole situation, this whole breakup, this whole separation, this whole finding myself taught me that. And for that, I am eternally grateful. And on that note, I think I'll end it here. Thanks for listening as always, and I'll catch you on the next one. And with that, we'll be wrapping up this week's episode. As always, I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to listen to my podcast. I know you have many other options to choose from. If you would like to join a community of women to discuss further details of the episodes and to reach out to me, you can find a link to our Facebook group in the show notes. If you just want to drop me a quick note, you can do so at www.heavypagespodcast.com. And if you enjoy listening to this podcast and haven't done so yet, I would appreciate if you would rate subscribe, and maybe share with others. And please remember that sometimes the pages of life can be heavy, but you don't have to turn them alone. I'll see you next week.